Oh, good idea, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package, I and Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, so the PM has taken a pay cut. Uh, what's that going to do? Uh, should we let people pay for visas uh, to just come and move in here? Charge them $50 million a pop. And what Mike Hosking hopes level three might look like. Uh, yeah, it's a whole new level. But uh, we're taking this to a whole new level. I'm going to make that work by the end of the podcast somehow. Uh, but before we do, uh, the, uh, the, it's assuming I've still got a job. A quiet yes that you might have noticed from Adern on Tuesday when I pointed out that her reference to the media's troubles, in part, stems from the draining of ad dollars to the Facebooks and the Googles who pay next to no local tax and aren't interested in local businesses and grab basically the content for nothing from the very people who they're taking the advertising off. Yes, she said. The irony being, all of that has been pointed out to the Commerce Commission in the Entered Me Stuff takeover that was rejected because the Commerce Commission, in their wisdom, didn't accept that very argument. And two, Robertson's comments yesterday reminding us, or at least paving the way for disappointment for those who think the government can solve everything in this sector. In essence, he said, some parties came to this point a complete mess, uh, so expecting miracles is off the table. And so it should be. I mean, what can the government do, for goodness sake? Well, they can spend their dollars on advertising. And the government are no small advertisers, believe me, on local media. Why the government spends millions on Facebook and company and yet collects no tax astounds me, but they do. So this would be a sort of a new localism, a new centrist approach, a patriotic sort of approach, a buy NZ made advertising styles. It's, I mean, it's simple, it's easy, it's cost neutral. But let us not forget the cold hard reality here, the simple truth. Media isn't doing well, wasn't doing well, and every story is an individual one. I mean, some have invested badly, some haven't programmed well. Some have too much debt. Some are owned by offshore operators that don't even want the ownership. Some even have all of those problems. None of that is the taxpayer's fault or dilemma to solve. No, we don't want to end up with just state-run media. I mean, it would lead to suicide through sheer boredom if you've seen half the stuff they produce. But nor do we want to see a welfare net for those who drove themselves to the trouble in the first place. Saving everything for the sake of saving stuff is basically economic irresponsibility. Yeah, 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 but let's not get too carried away, Mike. If she wants to save us, I say let her save us. Um, maybe one way of saving us is to let us merge with stuff. When by us, I mean uh, NZME. Here's what Mike has to say about that. It's similar to what he has had to say about that in the past, but now even more so. And here's the irony. This very argument was put forward to the Commerce Commission on more than one occasion when NZME wanted to buy stuff. NZME needs to buy stuff. And I've said this all along. There are too many players and too many large players. And what the merger with NZME and stuff would do is would it, it would provide surety in a marketplace that is desperate for surety. Commerce Commission, in their wisdom, with all of that information you heard yesterday, and when it was argued at the time, decided that that wasn't a big enough reason to let that merger go ahead. So they blocked that merger. It went to court. It was appealed. I think it was appealed twice. And the problem with the Commerce Commission is they would argue, I think, that they can only go on the rules set for them. The rules set for them are the rules set by the government. So it was so ironic yet again to hear on this program, both Robertson and Adern seemingly admit that this is an issue. The advertising on these platforms is an issue. There is money being drained out of this country in an inequitable way. And yet that same argument was rejected under the laws that they operate their Commerce Commission under. It seems so ridiculous. So with the benefit of hindsight, we'd now sit there and go, I wonder if we relaunch that argument back in front of the Commerce Commission, a few of them might wake up 
long enough and do the right thing and whether or not, Patrick asks this question, whether or not it's too late to make that merger happen and provide a bit of surety to the industry. But you want to look that up, time to let NZME and stuff merge, question mark. Yeah, um, Mike's certainly reading a lot of articles at the moment. I feel like he's reading more articles than listening to real... I feel like the best way for me to communicate with him at the moment is for me to publish an article, and then he can read that and quote it back to me. Uh, I wonder how many articles he's read about the PN's pay cut. I'm a big believer in people getting paid what they're worth, and the difficulty is with politicians, they aren't paid what they're worth. Very, 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 very few are paid what they're worth. Most are paid more than they're worth, and by some margin. And I asked about Phil Twyford earlier on. He owes us money. He shouldn't be getting any salary. He owes us a lot of money for the damage he's done to the New Zealand economy. Jacinda Ardern at the moment, I would say, deserves vastly more than she gets, basically because she's running a country. She's a chief executive of the biggest corporation in this country. If you want to make it dollar for dollar, have a look at what most chief executives earns. It's well into seven figures, well over a million dollars. The prime minister of a country should be earning big money. Uh, But equally, they should be held to account, which they are every three years. So you could argue right now that she doesn't deserve a pay cut at all. So it's a bit of show and tell. Fair enough. If she wants to do it, that's fine. Ashley Bloomfield. I think if if, if there's a hero to come out of all of this, or at least a person of high regard and high respect, it's him. He's unflappable. He's informed, and if you compare him with the, the head of the health ministry, that woman in the McAnulty or whatever her name is who comes out periodically, she's an embarrassment. I'd pay her nothing, but Bloomfield deserves a pay rise because he's been brilliant. Uh, you look at the other MPs, the other heads of department, do they earn what they should be earning? I mean, the argument around the whole ministry business, the head of ministries, is that these are people who would be in the private sector. Would they earn more in the private sector? Yes. So why are they doing their job in the public sector? Well, for the money, plus the fact they want to offer up some public service and good on them for doing so. But, you know, politicians are a unique species. Look at those list MPs at the moment. How many are there? Too many is the answer. And what are they doing at the moment? Nothing is the answer. So what should they be earning? Answer, nothing. Pay people what they're worth and you solve this whole charade around the edges as to whether or not we should be taking pay cuts or not. $2.6 million at stake. See, um... Uh, Mike started that comment by saying he he's a big believer in people getting paid what they're worth. I am not, of course, because otherwise I would have to pay other people to be here. This is, I don't really know what I do, and I'm sure they don't either. Um, don't worry, I'm not getting paid that much. I'm certainly not getting paid enough to um, buy a visa if I was like wanting to come and live here. Are they talking about $50 million for a visa? Is that right? Tourism is stuffed for a long while now, of course, and domestic travel will help that, but it won't make up for the 25% the Chinese and the Americans provided previously. And although housing is a bit of an open question at the moment, given no one really has a handle on what's happening, given it's closed, we need to be looking at every and all opportunity to help where we can. And making this a destination once again is the most obvious of starts. We already were a magnet of sorts, of course. What we take for granted is treasured by those that don't have it, a tiny place at the bottom of the world, isolation, an island, sparse population, and yet connected to the planet, and with a level of sophistication in various areas that don't make us a backwater. We are, basically, as appealing as it gets. The visa deal is a $100 billion idea. That's 33% of our old GDP. Equally, and perhaps much more accessible, is the housing market especially for places like Queenstown and those that rely on the tourists. I mean, the world's full of people. Uh, um, they may not have 50 million, but they'd have 10 or 5 million. They're the ones that bought the big houses before. The research showed they didn't tilt the market, despite what the xenophobes would have you believe. They were just 3% 
and that was just the offshore foreigners. Until the government decided we hated them, they were an important and lucrative part of the housing market. A country needs to sell what it does well. It did tourism well, but not now. We still do farming and feeding well. We still export well. We're still an attractive jewel at the bottom of the world for a house, for some land, for some investment, for a future. Just look at this place and put it on a brochure. If you can't sell that for top dollar, you don't know how to sell. Yeah, I know a few people who sell things around here, I reckon, who'd be able to have a decent uh, go at it. Although none of those people are here at the moment. Presuming they were, I assume they're working from home. There's nobody here. Um, I assume all those people are at home. The ones who haven't been made redundant, obviously. Um, And that they are still trying to sell things. Um, Will they be back? Will the sales team be back? If we go to level three? Here's one of the areas I've got tremendous sympathy with, and this is a Retail New Zealand this morning. They're calling for one rule for all. This business, and to be blunt, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a libertarian, you know that, and you can do whatever you like. You make your own decisions, you run your own life. But one of the things I've really disliked about this business is the inequity that so many people have operated under. And that is, as a retailer, you can't sell, and yet there are offshore retailers actively targeting New Zealand punters and bringing their product into this country on a you know courier system. So in other words, you can buy your clothing from an offshore operator and they're making money out of this country at the expense of a New Zealand retailer that simply can't open. So what Retail New Zealand are asking for is a one rule for all. Uh, there are international websites targeting New Zealanders and that is fundamentally wrong. Uh, the punter plays a part in that. If you've bought something from offshore that you didn't really need, you could have bought later locally. You should be ashamed of yourself. But be that as it may... The idea that there's this sort of irregularity. So I take great hope out of what Peter says. If this is a system whereby now instead of you having to, you know, you can't open and you can and you can, but you can't and you're a butcher and you're a greengrocer because that's been a mess. If you can simply say, if they're going to simply say, here's the safety requirement, here's what you need to meet, if you can do that, you are open. If they're going to do that, they're going to win a lot of support. So let's hope that's the way it goes. Yep, this is definitely next level. Right, see, I did it. I got there in the end. Uh, I made the joke that probably by the, the uh, after five minutes after this afternoon's announcement, everybody will be making. Um, but remember where you heard it first, probably, unless you're listening to this after that, which you might be. But... I'm, I'm recording this at eight past nine, hours ahead of the proposed level change. What do you mean somebody's already made the joke? I'm Glenn ZFB. Uh, that was the rewrap. We'll see you back here again tomorrow with more terrible dad jokes, which I'm licensed to tell. Yeah.